Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Strahda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Hope you're all doing well out there. Glorious weather. Long may it continue. I'm watching the forecast here on the TV in the studio and it's looking good for the weekend at least and perhaps into the early days of next week. God bless it. We can get out and about and get a lot done and uh, the weekend to look forward to, of course, and a lot to look forward to on late lunch this afternoon. I have a riddle for you. I have your riddle on Friday. It's a new feature and it's going to be on with us every Friday here on the show. Yes, I have another riddle today. It's a tough one. You'll have to listen carefully when I read it to you. That's coming up on the show before too and I have a nice prize as well to give away today. How's the hair? How's your hair doing? Yes, Stephen Dillon from the Cut Above in Flower Hill in Navin is joining us. God, it's a long time, isn't it, ladies, not to visit your local hair stylist and gents as well. How are you faring out? Well, Stephen Dillon's going to lift the lid on the thatch with us a little bit later on. We're looking ahead to the start of the new League of Ireland season. Drogheda and Dundalk in the Premier Division this year. It begins later today with Drogheda playing Waterford, Dundalk and Sligo tomorrow night. David Sheehan and Adrian Taff are men who will be following the club's fortunes this year are joining me. Leon Blanche is here. God, he's had a great Cheltenham. He'll be with us a little later. And the hay fever season is here. It is, folks, with this good weather. Cathy Marr has tons of advice if you live with hay fever. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, don't forget the usual numbers. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. Or you can call in now on 1850-715-958. We love to hear from you on late lunch and I'm really looking forward to speaking to my next guest because he joined me last year on uh, the publication of his new book and I really enjoyed our chat back then and I put him in my list and I said I want to go back to him sometime to catch up and I think it's appropriate now round about the anniversary of the lockdown and living with Covid here in Ireland to say hello again to journalist and writer Kevin Myers. Hello Kevin. Lovely to be on with you again. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well Kevin look a year is a long time in the life of a nation and of people as well. Kevin how have you been getting on for the last year and what do you make of this country of ours and the way people have reacted? Well, I haven't minded it at all. Uh, I live out in the country and I like the isolation of my life and, you know, with my wife and my dogs. And so I'm lucky in that sense. And 
Uh, I, I live on the flight path from from uh, Europe to to America. So this time last year, all flights ceased, and um, not obviously not just from Ireland. I see some of the flights from Dublin heading for Shannon, but that that, that stopped, and then. This time last year, all transatlantic flights uh, ceased, and we all noticed the increase in bird life and insect life, and complete silence settled over the countryside. And I have to confess, I, I loved it. But I haven't loved a great deal more. Mm. I, I have been appalled by uh, the contract between the media and the government as if the ordinary critical powers have been suspended. Not just obviously in Ireland, but this is uh, we're talking about Ireland. The same is true. It seems to be true in Britain. But you have a, a media that is, uh, is complicit in government policy, and what has appalled me has been the closure of the retail sector, which effectively has been gift wrapped and sent to Amazon. Our high streets, our main streets, our shopping. Uh, malls and our, our shopping centres have been closed down. The only beneficiary has been uh, the great offshore shore, um, capitalist um, uh, brigands of of the internet. And this is a social and economic disaster from which we might never recover. The nearest large town to me is is Nace, and Nace has been a ghost town for much of a, a year. Some great great retailers. Uh, have been folding and some will have gone for all time. And you've had over the last decade or more what we call the coping classes, the ordinary people who don't live on the public sector, they haven't got public sector incomes, they're never going to get public sector incomes or pensions. And they're the ones who run the small little coffee shops and the little news agents. And they've taken a, a battering and they know that there will be no pension fund for them in year, years to come, in decades to come. They have been eliminated while the public sector in the last um, four months, as far as I can work out, has given themselves a 4% pay increase, as indeed have the, 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 uh, the, 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 the political classes, not necessarily reflected in their salaries, which are, tend to be deferred, but they are reflected in their pensions. So we've got a, 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 diver, a, a division within the economy, within the society, between the public sector, which is protected, and the private sector. And the, the fact that decision-making, which has transferred economic power from the retail sector to the international capitalist, is mad enough. But for this policy to have received the enthusiastic um, endorsement of the media, and RTE in particular, has been quite shocking. Kevin, I have to say I couldn't argue with anything you say and I've been accused here on this show, you know, of being the voice as well of what you're talking about there in asking people to do what they're told, isolate, wash the hands, etc. So I, I, I put my cards on the table. I, I've been part of what you're speaking there but I ask you this and I hear and absolutely 100% nothing you've said there is, is not correct. It's all spot on but I ask you this. What is the alternative? Are you saying that really retail should have been allowed operate, that our restaurants and pubs should have remained open? No, that- no, you, can't, you can't do this with broad brushstrokes. There's no argument that I can see for justifying uh, to keep the pubs open, which I regret enormously. But I, I don't see that as a, a viable alternative. People, when they're drinking, get out of control and they'll mm. do stupid things and they'll infect yes. one another by kissing and, and so on and so forth. The close down the retail sector, clothing sector, shoe shops, that is insanity. It, it, it's immoral. 
Some shops are allowed to keep open, so that you have supermarkets which are selling clothing items, which are non-super, not necessary. Mm. So, but the clothes shop just around the corner can't sell clothes, but the clothes shop attached to the supermarket can. We all know this is insane, but it, it's not just the insanity of the inconsistency. It's the intellectual inconsistency which troubles me. The people are not actually doing the analysis and the rigorous cross-examination of the decision-makers. And sometimes people will make errors in their assessments, as I have done constantly throughout my life as a journalist. I say things that are incorrect. That's part of having an open dialogue. We cannot all strive to be correct the whole time because no one ever says anything. Silence in that case is the prudent response to a crisis, and that means the crisis will intensify. We have to have an open discussion, an open debate, an open forum on how to progress from here, and how do we need to mind the people who, who, who need protection. Now, the people who most need protection are people of my age, essentially old age pensioners and, and slightly younger. Um, and the people who need least protection are teachers, and uh, so most teachers need ch- a lot of protection, but their children, their pupils do not. And we've seen in the last year uh, the entire population of children in Ireland losing a vital part of their childhood and of their education. That will never be recovered. And I think in 10 or 15 or 20 years' time, that generation, uh, the, today's generation will young, of young people, will look back uh, on the decision-makers of the day and vilify them for the, 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 the cowardice and the, the lack of thought that went into intellectual thought, the intellectual public debate that went into this. And there's the other factor, uh, as important as that, and perhaps even more important, or the most important group in any society are young mothers, either in, in pregnancy or in, in raising their children. And they're also the ones most vulnerable to um, breast cancer and cervical cancer and ovarian cancer. These are the, the cancers of, of women of reproductive age. This group must be protected, and they are not being protected because the scans are not being done. And we're not going to know the harvest of death that's going to result from this absence of the precautionary methods that would, in other circumstances, have kept people alive. And another thing that really appalls me is what you and I have been talking about is almost completely absent from the media. And I can't say it's completely absent because I'm not you know, such an invigilator of the media to know what's going on. But certainly within RTE, you get the sense that they're, they're on side with the government. And they talk the same kind of hysterical thing, a word like a spike has sudden meaning. If there are 10 cases in Galway, it's referred to as a spike. Galway, as an epidemiological entity, doesn't exist. It's, it's 50 miles by 50 miles. One place in Galway, one village, will produce a so-called spike, and that's attributed to Galway, and Galway is closed down. That is childish. Grown-ups, can, particularly in the, this area of information technology, can produce a more sophisticated response to localized uh, eruptions of the disease. And then with the, uh, we have to deal with the, the reality of the disease. It, it harvests the old. The, the, the most shocking um, characteristic that I have seen within the media is for, within the Irish Times, say, they present the deaths as if these are deaths of young people whose great potential has been taken from them. In the great kind of um, uh, compilation of the, what's called the tragic harvest of, or tragic death toll, 
produced by the Irish Times at the end of last year, one of the people whose deaths we should have be mourning was a woman aged 100. Another was a leash footballer, photograph of him, makes him look quite young. What gives the game away is the fact he's got brill cream in his hair and he's got the old-fashioned tight football shirt. He played for leash football team in the 1950s. Mm. So we are you saying, Kevin... Or, yes. Sorry, we should not be mourning or grieving over the death of people whose end has naturally come. So, Kevin, what you're saying is, and, and I, I read the Times regularly, I'm a, an avid reader of it, and I, I, of course, I follow the national news as well. I, I will say to you that, you know, some of the journalists and RT, to their credit, do pin the Taoiseach and members of the Cabinet when they're on and try and push them on things. And I know what you're talking about, about the narrative. And as well in the Times, you know, they publish those uh, weekly um, uh, obituaries to people who pass. And you're right, most of them are, are of an age. But I want to come back to, to a point you make there. Is it too late to save the day? Can something happen now that can recover lost ground? Forgive me, I'm not trying to be clever. I don't, I don't actually understand the question. Yes, you know, you say that uh, you've mentioned a litany of things that have happened there and people who've been impacted, businesses, education, other aspects of Irish life. I- I'm saying to you a year on, is there any way of recovery or, you know, engineering yeah, we're, we're a way forward? In the media saying, well, you know, we've, this is not good enough. We in the media are not doing enough jo- our job properly, nor are the politicians and nor the people in the private sector, the public sector, who, whose livelihoods and whose future uh, are being protected by state policy, while those in the private sector are seeing extinction, economic extinction, uh, and uh, not merely of their present, but of, of their future. Okay. It, it requires more conversations like this. Right. It requires more people to say, well, actually, it's not good enough. A five-kilometer ban means nothing. Why would, why, what is the relevance of that? A five meter, uh, I, there isn't a five kilometer, sh- uh, there isn't a shop within my uh, house within five kilometers. If I want to get into a shop, I have to cross a boundary to, in, to another county within five, or not within five kilometers, the nearest one yes. is, 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 is seven kilometers. The, uh, irrational decision making, irrational policies simply cause contempt for the rule of law. And 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 there's these random kind of rules that don't appeal to that reject common sense. That don't appeal to ordinary people's sense of survival and what is appropriate. So it, it, the, the 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 terrible thing is that the last two decades of political correctness, of consensus, of conformism, have bred a population that is prepared to do what it's told even when it defeats their own self-interest. And that's a very worrying mm. phenomenon in any society. It's one of the ingredients of totalitarianism, where people forfeit their own self-interest in the interests of the state and don't complain. And now, normally this is done through terror. Yes, and, and I was going to say this to you. Like, as a nation, we've rebelled in our history on many occasions. We fought for our freedom. The anniversaries are being celebrated around now. And yet, I feel that as well. There is a compliance out there that is remarkable for, uh, for uh, Irish Incredible. people. Yeah, it, it is, and, I, and I, I accept what you're saying. But look, at, let's talk about today, because I'm going to say this to you, Kevin. I hear what you're saying about the past, and you're on the money. Here's the thing. Here we are today with a government already sending out, uh, putting straws in the wind. I see it today uh, about the restrictions even going on into June and that nothing will be released. I'll tell you this, Kevin. This is my feeling now. There is a powder keg at this stage ready to explode. Can you get that feeling? 
I get that sense without actually having any evidence. It's just yeah. one of those things, my, my belief or my understanding of human nature is you can't do this to young people. They need to be getting out. They need to be having... Well, they need to be having sex with one another. They need to be meeting one another. They need to, need to go in dances. They need to do ordinary things that young people ha- have always done for the last 40 or 50 years. And in the way that, you know, the post-1950s or 60s Ireland, that's how young people have behaved. They've been reckless. They've been stupid. They've done mad things and bad things. And that's the way young people should behave. They've got to make their mistakes now. Discover, you know, they've gone to bed with the wrong person. That's what's, that's what's called growing up. And that's not happening now. People are not being able to make the mistakes. They're not being able to be foolish. They're not being able to be idiotic. They're not being able to learn from their mistakes. They're not being able to learn from the playground and from the university clubs and societies and in, in, the, in, the, in, in the university halls. They've got to learn how to understand one another and how to get on with one another, how, how not to fight and not to brawl. All of these social skills are being abandoned for uh, other priorities which are associated with the survival of the old. Now, I'm not saying it's, you know, the casualties are going to be confined to the old. I, I know that, that some young people have died because of this illness, but people are going to die anyway. We know because of these measures that young women who are mothers are going to die because their cancers have not been intercepted, mm. because they have not been interdicted and a treatment introduced. Hospitals closed down across the country, as we know, and have been essentially closed for much of the year. And we have, in, within the European, the European Union, as amongst one of the worst rates of vaccination in the world, Serbia which is now over 50% vaccination. And Serbia is, has been excluded from the EU, but they got their priorities right. They took their vaccines from everywhere, from, from Russia and from China. They said it's important for us to keep our people alive. What the government of Ireland said, it's important for us to comply with EU policy. Now, this has caused people to die People have died because uh, we have complied with the in- incompetent, the idiots, the cretins who run the EU. This silly woman, Ursula von der Leyen, an inept Minister for Defence and now inept President of the European Union. Well, she would say, of course, and I have to, I have to say, Kevin, in her defence... Yes, I have to say in her defence, uh, you know, she's well regarded and she would say, you know, I've always given my best to whatever role I've been in and done my very best, honestly, and I have to say that about her in her defence. I know, I know, I know, but I, I just want to say... on her watch. Yes. How can Serbia do better than Europe? Yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Now, look, how, how can Serbia do twice as well as the European Union? It is a question, and it's a, a major question to be answered. Look, from here on, just because I'm going to have to wrap up in a moment, from here, say where we are today, Kevin, I hear what you're saying, and obviously you believe vaccination is the way out of this. Would you release the shackles quickly uh, over the coming weeks? No question about that. Unfortunately, pubs can't be reopened, but the retail sector has to be brought back to life again. The, the economy in the West has to be reinvigorated. The, the economy of every city centre has to be reinvigorated. And I mean, you, you, you might think in Laos that Dublin's doing well. I was in Dublin some months ago and it was shocking. It was like being in a Western ghost town mm. in, 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 in the, the Wild West in the, in, yes. the 19, in the 1860s or 1870s. It was, it was truly terrible mm. to see an entire capital city, one of the most famous capital cities in Europe, closed down, nothing moving, just dust moving in swirls down Grafton Street.
Now, this is something that is, will be held as a mortal sin against those who govern Ireland by future generations. And it, merely the absence of debate now doesn't mean that there won't be um, serious criticism and serious condemnation to come. OK, Kevin, listen, you are such a thought-provoking man. You really are, and I thank you for joining me today and making those points so eloquently. We will speak again, I'm sure. I look forward to that. Thank you so much. Take that care of yourself. Long next time. That, thank you, Kevin. Not at all. Uh, all right. Kevin Myers there. Uh, we will uh, be talking to him again. We will indeed. Well, you heard what the man has to say. What do you make of it? What's your opinion? I'd love to hear from you today. What do you make of Kevin Myers' take on the last year? 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. If you'd like to say something, you can call in now on 1850-715-958. Some man, Kevin Myers, he really is. And thought-provoking and interesting to hear his opinions always. Uh, I thank him again for joining me on the show. We'll have to have a word with him more often for sure on late lunch. Uh, Jerry, I listen to your show every day. Keep up the great work, Peggy and Drahada, and a lovely donation for Slav. Yes, you know I'm doing my 40 days and nights for Slav Vavro. I'm day 30 done. Day 30 finished, Louise. Just finished day 30 yesterday. Uh, 10 days to go. Hasn't that flown by? I was going to say, where does time go? Yeah, 30 gone. 10 to go. Final push now for Slav. Peggy, thank you from my heart. Lovely to hear from you this afternoon on the show. Yes, 10 to go into the final week next week. I finish on Sunday week. Yeah, uh, because that is the 40 days and nights. I thought it went into Easter. No, no, Easter then, Easter week, the Monday starts the Easter celebrations and the 40 days and nights are over then. Mm. Thank you to everybody. It's been wonderful. Your support. Oxygen for Slav. If you go to GoFundMe.com, Oxygen for Slav, anything you can give is much, much appreciated. And the family are just so nice. You know Nadia yourself, yeah, Louise. Yeah, she's and, just a pet. Uh, Slav, they're wonderful, wonderful people. Sacrifices she's yes. made for her family. Incredible. When you meet that woman and her son is marvellous. He was 16 recently, three years on this journey. But I thank you from my heart and for all the support you're giving me. It's keeping me going, I have to say. Now, are you ready for your riddle on Friday? I have a lovely prize for you. Yes, I have a snood. I have an LMFM Forever mug for you and other goodies as well. Now, you've got to listen carefully. I'm going to read this slowly. I will read it only once. No, I won't. I'll give it to you again, I promise. OK, so you're ready for your riddle on Friday? Listen carefully. A girl has as many brothers as sisters. But but each brother has only half as many brothers as sisters. How many brothers and sisters are there in the family? <laughs> I'm bloody well confused myself. <laughs> I'll read it to you again. OK, listen carefully. A girl has as many brothers as sisters. But each brother has only half as many brothers as sisters. How many brothers and sisters are there in the family? Okay, have you got it there? Have you got it? Will I read it once more? <laughs> once more, just once more, just for you. A girl has as many brothers as sisters, but each brother has only half as many brothers as sisters. How many brothers and sisters are there in the family? Answers, please, to 86 658 WhatsApp or text me. Think your time. Take your time. Think about it and get your answers into me and we'll pick a winner before the end of the show. Now, still to come on the show today. Yes, we're talking about hair. Louise, how's your hair? 
How's oh, your hair? Jerry, I look like you're Tom Hanks in Castaway <laughs> at this stage. No, I think don't. I even have the beard. Yeah. Oh, Louise, <laughs> not at all. Will you go away out of that? She's only, she's only oh, been desperate. I'm just dying self to depreciating the today. But, but you are, aren't you? Yes, seriously. Just, I think it was the 6th of December I last got my hair. My, oh my. Yes, girls, are you pining for your hairdresser? Boys, what about you? Well, Stephen Dillon, they, he owns the Cut Above on Flower Hill in Navin is with us after two o'clock and we're going to talk about all things hair. How Use your hair. Do you want to WhatsApp me a picture of your hair? If you want to WhatsApp us in a picture of your hair, we'd love that. Anyone dare do it? 086-1800-658. Declan's been on to say, Jerry, probably the most common sense interview I've heard in a long, long time during this entire crisis, talking about my conversation with Kevin Myers, top of the show. When the bar charts don't match this group that is essentially in charge of the country, they blame the public. How about somebody on those uh, daily uh, bulletins of numbers uh, with a mental health background, uh, says Declan to me. And he says again, going on, the condescending approach from these experts is like as if they are talking to children. Thanks indeed for that comment, Declan. Look, Kevin is a man that is thought-provoking. He really is, and he has been all his life. And, you know, you, I, I said it when I was speaking to him. It was hard to argue with him on many, many of the points he made. And I will say, look, underpinning all this is the numbers that have been flooding into A&Es have been enormous, and the hospitals have been under massive pressure. The deaths are certainly unprecedented and it is a disease that can kill and kill quickly and spread very fast as well. But I do say, and I feel this myself now talking to my circle of friends, we all want to keep everybody as safe as possible, but the pressure is building now. And honestly, if there is not some relief given at the start of April, I just think people will say, look, had enough of this. We're going to do what we want to do. And that's what we don't want to happen. So I think this has to be managed forward with the vaccinations picking up pace and the shackles being loosened and loosened by degrees over the coming uh, weeks and months. That's just uh, something I wanted to add to the conversation. Now, the riddle is troubling people. It really is. I'm getting plenty of responses. I'm going to read it for the last time, Friday's Riddle to you. Here goes. I will. People ask me, please, Jerry, just once more. OK, just once more this time. This is the final reading of the riddle. Can you solve it? Some have actually already. Anyway, here we go. A girl has as many brothers as sisters, but each brother has only half as many brothers as sisters. How many brothers and sisters are there in the family? Answers please to 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. They're tipping along there nicely and I'll come back to it later on in the show. Now, how's your hair? I'll ask you again. Well, I'll tell you, mine was a bit wild till I borrowed one of those home-do shavers and had to go and sure, it's not so bad. Louise said I looked okay. So once Louise said I'm okay, I was happy enough. Anyway, we're going to talk about your hair, ladies and gentlemen, for the next while with Stephen Dillon from The Cut Above in Navin. Hello, Stephen. How are you, Jerry? Nice to talk to you again. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. You must be tearing your hair out. Oh, sorry for the pun that you're <laughs> not back looking after your lovely people, are you? Yeah, you have to be at this stage, are you, Stephen? Uh, look, I think I think we have to do it for the greater good, but at, at this stage, it's just getting a little beyond the joke. Like, um, I know we'll be back, hopefully. Well, I thought we'd be maybe going back in May as an educated guest, but judging by this morning's news, it's looking more like June. 
And I, I was saying that you, this is the way it happens. The straws in the wind come out and you start like yourself and myself. We're looking at them and thinking, oh, jeepers, that's back a few weeks now at this stage. What are you hearing? Because obviously you're still in touch. You're a family business. You're on Flower Hill since 1998. You're unisex. Can, you're, you're hearing the frustration, are you, of your customer base? Oh, look, my phone, my phone is bananas at the minute. It, it, like, every day I'm getting phone calls from customers asking me, what do I do? Um, what home colours am I going to use? What, um, when are you opening? Can I get appointments, etc.? But at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I, I'll always give advice to my customers. And, like, all you can do is try and help and support them because they're also suffering as well as us. Even though we're not working, they're not able to get their hair done. It was their little ritual that they got done every week that made them maybe feel a bit better looking after their mental health mm. or whatever. And you know, you just really touched on something there that is so important. That visit, you know it more than anybody, was a ritual. It did so much for people's feelings, good feelings, uh, you know, upbeat mood when, you, when you're when you there and you leave and out you go. And of course, you uh, of course hear all the stories, Stephen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know this, I know this, they trust you. But look, what are you, that's why you're with me today. You know, talk to me a moment about, let's start with, you know, the hair doesn't stop growing for an awful lot of people. What do you suggest? Have a whack at it yourself. Now, come on, girls, this is not uh, something I'd be recommending, I don't, think, I don't think. What do you say, Stephen? Do you just let it grow on or what are you advising? Well, I think I think we've all seen the horror, the horror uh, videos on YouTube and Facebook of people cutting their hair. It's all right for fellas as such. Most of them will just get on with it, buy a clippers and maybe yeah. run the clippers over their head. But for the women, it's a different story. Like, if your hair is not right, you don't feel right. And it could put you back in a further, in, in a worse place if you're not already feeling good about yourself. So oh. what I'd recommend is not to cut your hair. Okay. Hopefully we'll be back in the next five, six weeks and basically hold strong. Okay, and so if you hold strong. Like your hair will grow. Okay, that's okay. But you can always tie it up, and that will always make it look that little bit better. And there's other things that you can do with your hair, like treatments and stuff like that, which will prevent split ends and maybe maintain your hair for a little bit longer. Okay, so look, boys, all right, and that's me. I have to say, uh, got a loan of this thing and just did the job, and it's grand. I'm not too particular. I don't have a big head of hair either, and it's just nice and tidy now. But certainly for women, so hold on, tie it up, don't go mad, don't try anything yourself, or let an amateur at it. Leave it be. Wait till you get back to the professionals. What are you talking about there in terms of uh, of those treatments? And um, well. You see, we deal, we have an online shop, of course, and people have been ringing me up asking me what treatments to use. We've got um, a various amount of treatments available on our online store, but there's uh, treatments there that basically will keep your hair in as strong as possible and make it as strong as possible. So when you do come back into the salon, that your hair will be in its best possible manner to take the colour that we're going to put on your hair, and it will also be in great condition. And basically... It does give you that kind of salon feel without being in the salon. And what are you talking about? Are you talking about conditioners there, other things that you... Well, obviously, obviously, you need to be using good shampoo and conditioner. That was a given anyway. Yep. But I think to add to that ritual, you need to add a conditioning treatment to it. We have various ones on our on our website, the likes of Joico Luster Lock or Olaplex. They're all available on, on our website. And basically, it just gives it that little bit extra need that it would have got in the salon that you're not getting in the salon because you're at home. Okay, that's good to know. So there is uh, work you can be doing at this time that will help for when you return to the salon. Now, here's the big one. 
Colouring, as you know, is a huge part of what you do. What do you say to somebody today? Because home colouring or having a go at that, is that as tricky as trying to cut your hair? Uh, well, in a way, you can do it right and you can do it wrong. Like, obviously, if you put it on and it's too dark, you can't brighten it. The problem is with home colour is the home colour reacts with the colour that we use in the salon and the pre-lighteners we use in the salon. You get a chemical reaction. And basically, it, it, it doesn't go right when you come back into the salon. So it makes life an awful lot more difficult for us. Mm. So, um, like, I'm not going to shun anybody for using home colour. Of course, like, you know, people are in a bad state of mental health and everything else. And every little bit that can help them, including their hair, if they were to colour it, I'm. I, I think I'd much prefer that person to be to feel better about themselves and use it. Yes. But I wouldn't endorse it. Okay, that's and, interesting. And a, a top tip: if somebody is going to use it, and if if somebody is going to use home color, generally with home colors, they're generally two shades darker than what they say on the box, because the colors are made more or less for people with a hundred percent gray hair. Mm. So not everybody has 100% grey hair, so obviously they're going to be darker on somebody who might only have 50% grey. Now, there's a real uh, pointer for you this afternoon on the show. Take that on board, very, very but, important. But Jerry, there's also other things that you can do. Go on. We, there's root touch-ups, all right? So there's two different types of root touch-ups that, that you can do. There's a root touch-up spray, which you can buy readily in the supermarket, or um, we don't. I think I have one or two on our online store. They're a spray. Now, some people find that they can be a little bit, um, how would you say, icky on their scalp. Um, there is an alternative to that, which is more like a makeup palette, which is made by Colour Wow, which are readily available on our website. And basically, they, you pick the colour of your hair and you basically apply it just like makeup onto your, onto your hair and basically it'll colour your roots and it'll get you through for a day or two. Okay, but what do you say to somebody who's steered away from all that type of thing and uh, is letting their hair return our natural. Is that a, a good philosophy or policy as well, to let that happen? Oh, yeah, well, like, we had loads of people through the first lockdown who did that and embraced the grey, basically. Yeah. And, and we had people who embraced the grey, but see, not all greys are a clean grey, as you would call them, like a silver. Mm. So, basically... What we would encourage people to use there is something like a violet shampoo and we also do Moroccan oil colour depositing masks and they have uh, violet tones in them and they also have a platinum one which will kill any of the brassy tones that are in the sil- in the grey hair that, the- that um, is growing out. And what it does, it makes it nice and clean. So basically it gives you that kind of real kind of steely kind of grey finish which is really fashionable at the minute. So you don't want the piebald look? <laughs> no, it definitely won't give you the fireball look. It'll, it'll actually, like, loads of people have been ringing me because I've been putting videos up on social media of these colour masks that we have and there's rose golds and pinks and lilacs and silvers and basically they're for anybody who's, who has kind of brighter hair um, blonde hair and basically what you're turning them is pink but it only lasts for six to seven washes so it's a really safe way to do something different with your hair and it doesn't take an arm and a leg for me to fix it when you come back into the salon. Okay. Now, you know it's so easy, uh, Stephen, to stay in the pyjamas all day, to not bother with a routine in your life and another routine, you know, is washing the hair. 
Is it important to stick to the routine you've always had, had or, you know, letting it slip a little bit and say, ah, oh, sure, look, I'll only watch it once, twice, maybe three times a week. What do you say to that? Oh, look, um, at the end of the day, I would always say, generally, people would only wash their hair maybe twice a week with ladies' hair. Okay. Especially if they're after blow drying it because it's such... It takes time to blow dry hair. Us men are in a different uh, position. <laughs> right. you know, give it a quick rub and throw a bit of wax into it, and off we go. Yeah. But for women, it's it, it, like it is. It's 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 a bit of work to do. But um, what I would suggest is use a good shampoo. Use something that's sorry, sulfate and paraben free, and um, basically be kind to your hair now because this is the time that you can put the work in and save us time when we go to do your hair and make life an awful lot easier for us when you get back into the salon. But I don't think it makes much of a difference. Like Some people wash their hair every day and some people don't, but everybody's scalp is different and you'll have certain people that will have um, overactive sebum on their scalp which will make their hair more greasy over time or quicker over time and then you'll have people who have more normalised sebum which basically they don't have to wash their hair as often. So tell me as a man, how often should I wash my hair? Eh, every second day, I suppose, Jerry, is, is, is sufficient enough. But I think when your hair is short, I, I, I would be one of these people that would wash my hair every day because I would shower every day. Mm. And I just, I, I, personally, I don't feel clean unless I have my hair washed. Um, but I think that's because I don't have to go through the ordeal, as I said. I don't have to go and blow dry my hair, which which could take up to half an hour, 40, 40 minutes for yes. somebody yeah. with longer hair. OK, that, that's good to know for the lads. Uh, a listener there, will you ask him about split ends? <laughs> with split ends? Like like I said, don't go cutting it because it, like everything... It, it's different for me when I'm cutting your hair when you're in the salon because I'm standing directly behind you and everything is as it should be. Whereas when you're um, cutting your hair yourself at home, you're cutting it looking into a mirror and everything is back to front. <laughs> Tell me it's about it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's very easy to make a mistake. And plus, you have to remember, I've, I've been doing this a long time and I make it look easy when I'm doing it. It's an awful lot easier for me when I'm standing behind you than it is for you doing it into a mirror. <laughs> I tell you, I'm laughing because I know exactly what you're talking about. I, my coordination is gone. I, I you know what I mean? You, you, you've experienced this yourself. It's nearly impossible to do, isn't it? Well, it is, it is an impossibility yeah. to do it. I, I, I know my, my mum is the only person I know that can actually cut her own hair. <laughs> like, she, she's mastered it, but now she's at it. She's had it a very long time now, but like, she is, possibly the only person I know that can cut it and get away with it. I nearly cut my ear off one day. Mother <laughs> 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 God almighty. But look, in, in general terms, there's a lot you can be doing, you know, to help yourself along. And I think the most important thing you said there, you really did uh, make me sit here and think as well, the importance of looking after your hair and that feel-good factor that comes from it, Stephen. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think I think it's very important, especially in... Like, like people have been locked up now since Christmas. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have people ringing me and they are at the end of their wits and basically telling me, you know, like these are people I would see twice a week. I would think of them as friends, yeah, not just as customers. Mm. And it is hard to, to listen and, and hear that they're in such a way because they're so used to getting it done week in, week out. Yeah, And all you can do is basically give advice and... Um, 
give them the products that they need to get everything in order for themselves to feel a little bit better about themselves. And I like to think that I'm helping society a little bit by helping people as much as I can on the phone. And I'm always on the end of the phone if anybody needs advice. Okay, well, look, you've been so good to us today and to our listeners with the uh, advice and pointers that you've given us. What's the website name? Uh, the website is www.thecutabove.ie. Okay. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody as well, if you don't mind me saying, for shopping local at this important time because a lot of small businesses are in a lot of trouble. Mm. And, like, you know, even though people think that the doors are closed and there's no bills to pay, a lot of people have, you know, landlords that need paying and rates. Well, the rates have been cancelled at the minute by the council, but there is still bills coming in. And I'd like to thank people because they've been so generous and so good to us at shopping local and basically helping us keep people employed locally as well. Well said, and I say here, here to everything you see. We are promoting it here right across the board on LMFM Radio. Shop local. They're open behind the doors. They have websites. Go there. The cutabove.ie. Stephen, you're a star. Wish you well. Thank Hope you you're much, open Jerry. soon. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Not Take at care all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stephen Dillon there from the Cut Above Flower Hill in Navin. Thecutabove.ie. Again, if you'd like to check out the website. So there you are. Doing okay. Not so bad. Anyway, loads of advice there to be going on with this weekend. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Westlife have announced two Wembley Stadium shows for this August. The 21st and the 22nd of August. The first show, James Morrison and All Saints will support them. And the second one is All Saints and Anne-Marie. Wembley Stadium. Two gigs. Tickets on sale the 26th of March, next Friday. There you go. It's happening. It's happening. They're coming back. The gigs are on the way back. That's just uh, news uh, fresh off the press press, uh, just a little while ago. So there you go. Maybe uh, we're moving. I hope to God we are in the right direction. Got a lovely card. The card was made by... Uh, a wee company called Fingerdoodles. Fingerdoodles.ie. Check them out. Irish made cards. It's a lovely card. Fingerdoodles.ie. It's from Eddie. Says it's a year since I've been tuned in on a regular basis to your show. You're some man for one man. And that's what the card says on the front. <laughs> You're some man for one man. Ah, uh, Jerry, uh, enjoying it every day. All the issues, local, national, international. You're great. No wonder the female guests love you. <laughs> Go on, Eddie. Keep up the great work and love the card, Eddie. Fingerdoodles.ie. You'll find out more information there. Always love getting posts. I really do. I'm an old-timer for that. Love to get the cards or the letters in the post. Really do appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who does get in touch with me using the traditional method. Still to come on the show, League of Ireland preview, sporting preview. If you suffer from or live with... uh, Hey Fever, you'll want to hear what Cathy Maher has to say as well to us on the show today. If you're just joining us, welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. If you're listening on the app, your smartphone of course, the app on your smartphone, smart speaker or on the radio, welcome to Late Lunch today. Let's enjoy the Counting Crows, the building nests everywhere, they are. But it's the group we're going to hear now. And accidentally in love. Yes, we're in love with our listeners on Late Lunch. Counting Crows. They're accidentally in love. All the crows are in love at the moment. They're building nests everywhere. We're going to be talking about it next week on Late Lunch with Niall Hatch from Birdwatch. Fascinating. Anyway, it'll be fascinating from this weekend on to see how Drogheda United and Dundalk do in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland. And we're talking about it next with our men. who will be following them around the country all year. Yes, Adrian Taff 
and David Sheehan joining us next with a League of Ireland preview. Eileen was on to say she absolutely loves Kevin Meyer. She's always followed him and the interview at the start of the show today, Jerry, was just something else. I hope the people in Dáil Erin are listening to what Kevin had to say. Thank you indeed, Eileen, for that comment. And we have lots of answers for the riddle. I have people who've got it spot on. I'll be telling you more about that a little bit later on in the show. But this weekend marks the beginning of the new League of Ireland season. And for the first time in a number of years, both Dundalk and Drogheda United will ply their trade in the top league, the Premier Division of the league. And Drogheda begin the season this evening against Waterford United. Dundalk have a tricky enough one. Tomorrow they travel to the showgrounds to take on Sligo Rovers. And as I said, through the year, Adrian Taff and David Sheehan, on behalf of LMFM, will be following the fortunes of both clubs. And they join me on late lunch today. Afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Hey, Jerry. Hi, good to talk to both of you today on the show. Adrian, I'll start with yourself. Just struck me that there have been more international arrivals at Oriel Park than arrived at Dublin Airport since Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes, there have been plenty of those, all right. And isn't it great to see Jerry for the league? I think you know it's um, myself and uh, David have been speaking about it over the last few weeks. You know that uh, it's a it's a, a new dimension in the league, not a brand new dimension. There have, of course, been very successful players in the league before from overseas, but um, certainly Dundalk have thrown a sizable emphasis on it in the close season, and they've lost some uh, very important players. Uh, but they've replaced them with unknown quantities mm. as far as we'd all be concerned to some extent. Uh, but the signs have been good in pre-season in the matches that we've seen against the Bohemians and against Drogheda and in the President's Cup last week as well for the players that they brought in. They all look very capable. They're international players in many instances as well, which, uh, you know, although the, the countries they play for may well be considered to be lowly, like the likes of Latvia and Faroe Islands, you still have to be a decent player to play for your country, I suspect, at that level. And certainly that seems to be the signs um, from what we've seen of the players so far. And the word is that there is another international national player uh, due to come in as well um, a midfielder Wilfred Sahibo who has been heavily linked with a move to Dundalk and uh, mm. again a midfielder an area of the field that Dundalk need a player I think and uh, that could be very exciting too you know he's a, an ex-MLS all-star too so he could be you know have real ability Of the crop that have arrived from abroad who would be the pick in your opinion you've, you, have, you know you've, you're close to the camp you've seen them in the President's Cup who should we look out for if you were to throw one of the names at me uh, I think the guy who's come in ostensibly to replace Sean Gannon Rivas Jarkovskis he's a Latvian international and I really like the look of him everybody knows Sean Gannon's strength his pace and his attacking ability uh, this guy has that as well I think you know he's a, and he's a strong boy too um, good age, mid twenties, and it gets up and down the wing. Very comfortable playing wing back, which is a system that uh, Filippo and the Dundalk management, uh, Shane Keegan as well, very important to throw all the names in. Oh, there. very important! <laughs> very important to get it in the right order. You know what I mean, That's Adrian? You got to well, get it know. right. I'm not too sure of the order, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jokovskis is the one I'd pick out. Uh, not to start as well, the centre back, six foot six, looked good last week against um, Shamrock Rovers until yeah. he was sent off too. You know, mm. but uh, I think they all have um, attributes, and it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how they settle. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Drogheda United, David promoted as champions of the first division. They were knocking on the door for a few years, but finally made it last year up. You'd have to say that Tim Clancy uh, and Kevin have signed one. They've brought in some real experience. 
Yeah, and I suppose the contrast between Drogheda and Dundalk is, is Drogheda were obviously were shopping in the domestic market, so they brought in the likes of Gary Deegan from Shelburne and Dane Massey, who everyone will know from Dundalk, who has five league titles and three FAI Cups. So vast experience there. And Gary Deegan brings a bit of, I suppose, a bit of needle and a bit of physicality to the midfield, which they were maybe lacking last season. They've also signed the likes of Dara Markey, a young, promising midfielder from St. Pat's, and then also Danny O'Reilly from Shelburne, who was very impressive in the game, I thought, against Dundalk a couple of weeks ago. And Ronan Murray, of course, who Dundalk fans will remember well from his time at the club, scored a great free kick against them in that game a couple of weeks ago as well. So they have signed a lot of players from within the league. I suppose, you know, the likes of Dinny Corcoran as well that we, we, we saw coming into the club from Bohemians, 32, Gary, Gary Deegan, 33, Dane Massey, 32. Lots of experience there. I guess if you were going to kind of maybe look at the negatives, it's teams that clubs in the division who maybe have let these players go and maybe don't deem them good enough for their requirements mm. that Drogheda have picked up. But they certainly have. I mean, you look at that they've got eight new players in there, so you couldn't... Um, you couldn't accuse the club of not backing Tim Clancy. And I spoke to him after that Dundalk game and he said that Danny O'Reilly in particular was a player he was looking for for a number of years. So to have him come in, they've, they've, they've put a nice bit of backbone into the team. Whether or not that would be enough to keep them up, just reading a few previews of the season today and a lot of, a lot of experts, so-called experts anyway, seem to be tipping to go straight back down. Mm. We know traditionally promoted clubs do tend to struggle, but I think they've, they've got a nice little squad there and if they can keep everybody fit, Allied to the signings they made, they managed to hold on to the likes of Conor Kane, James Brown, David Odomosu, Mark Doyle, players like that who were key in the last few years and, and key in getting them promoted. So I think they have a nice little squad there and I, I think that they, they, they might just have enough to stay in the division. It's not going to be easy, but I think they might just do it. Marky, I asked Adrian to pick out a player. This lad, Marky, and I know Adrian knows this too, he's a fellow that's trying to reignite his career. This fellow has talent. Yeah, Darren Markey, very interesting. I mean, you know, made his debut as a 17-year-old um, for St. Pat's when he was uh, in 2015, then went off to Celtic, had a trial with them, it didn't work out. But he only started three games last year under Stephen O'Donnell for St. Pat's, made 11 appearances, but most of those as, as were obviously a substitute. So, yeah, as you say, trying to re- reignite his career, 23, plenty of talent, plenty of ability. And again, it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on. Ronan Murray, I mentioned, a little bit older, 29, but got that spectacular free kick against Dundalk a couple of weeks ago. So, so plenty of talent. Uh, or there was plenty of talent in the squad already, as we said. But they've added nicely to it. So, yeah, I, I think Drogheda have have done as much good work as they could have done in the close season. Really, will they stay up? I'm going to say they will. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but I, I think that they they might just have enough. It's going to be very important to see who, where the goals come from. I mean, Chris Lyons last year didn't have his best season in the first mm. division. Mark Doyle scored all of the, most of the goals from really 13 goals last year. A lot's going to ride on, I think, whether Mark Doyle can, can make the step up to this top division and whether Dinny Corcoran can find his form from a couple of years ago. We had a couple of good seasons in 17 and 18. If he can get into double figures and Mark Doyle can get into double figures and they have a bit of a smattering of goal-scoring ability around the rest of the team, I think that might be enough to keep them up. But that's going to be key, those goals and where they come from. And Adrian, for Dundalk, I suppose the question is, how many trophies will they win this year? Will they recapture the league title from Shamrock Rovers, who are weakened, losing uh, Jack Byrne and the other lad, two key players. Um, You know, Dundalk have, as you said, fantastic arrivals there with experience. Is this side, do you believe, good enough to reclaim the title and perhaps do a double? I thought you were going to ask me, will they stay up? Like you to David. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't, actually. I know, I know. Um, well, yeah, I think they've got a chance. I, I was encouraged by what I saw last weekend in the President's Cup. And I'm also encouraged as well, um, as someone who, you know, follows Dundalk, um, by what I saw, what, what Shamrock Rovers have lost. As you say, hugely influential players have gone there. Yeah. Jack Byrne, best player in the league over the last two seasons. Aaron McInef, 
you know, maybe the player that allowed Jack Byrne be the player that he was, to be honest, with mm. his legs and work rate in midfield. I think he's a massive loss, arguably a bigger loss than Jack Byrne in some respects, because Jack Byrne, you know, they have Graham Burke there who might well be able to do a very similar job to Jack Byrne. You know, he's, you know, he can play in that number 10 position between midfield and, and the forward line. And, you know, you could argue, was there room for both, although they won the league by 22 points, there was room for both of them. But I'm not sure it'll hurt them all that much or as much to lose Jack Byrne as a will to have lost um, Aaron McInef. So those couple of factors, I think they're I think they're very important to bear in mind. I think that the players that Dundalk have brought in are very good. I'm not sure that the loss of Sean Gannon uh, will be as big as people feared. I think it'll be uh, sizably mitigated by the introduction of that Jorkowskis lad. Um, I think Natastat is going to be a, a great addition at centre back, or I'm hopeful. Looks decent on the ball. You fear when you when a team brings in a six foot six player, you you wonder what his feet are going to be like, you know. Yeah, and uh, he's looked good, and he'll be a real presence in the opposition penalty area. Big question around the goalkeeper. Looked good last weekend, certainly very good in the penalty shootout. But I know that David uh, was at the Malone Cup match and there was a, you know, some questions about some of his handling in that game. But he looked competent last week against um, Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be mad, which is always a good sign in a goalkeeper. <laughs> you have to have and, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but yeah, I, I'd be hopeful enough. Uh, look, if you look at the areas of the pitch and where Dundalk have an advantage over everybody else in the country, they're very strong at the back. They have been strong at the back. Um, you know, I, they have very good personnel there and Daniel Cleary and Andy Boyle and Natastat and Brian Gartland, like no problem. Midfield would be the area where there might be a question or two. They need Sam Stanton to be good, this new signing. They need Patrick McElhaney, Sean Murray to enjoy relatively injury-free seasons. But when you look at the Dundalk forward line with Pat Hooban, David McMillan, uh, Junior has come into that now. Ole Eric Mitzkogen, a uh, player coming in from Ka'ai Klaxvik, who they played in the Europa League last year. They have a wealth yes. and an embarrassment of riches in that area field. And I don't know that other teams are going to be able to hold them. Remember that? I didn't even count Michael Duffy and Daniel Kelly in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a, a squad, a real strong squad. And of course, they have an eye on European competition as well. So I'm going to reverse it here. David Sheehan, Dundalk, will they win it? Where will they finish in the league? Oh, um, look, Jerry. I mean, I suppose it's it's so difficult at the beginning of the season with, with so many new players coming in and trying to bed them into a system and bed them into a, a style of play. Um, but I, I really think, again, in the very little small snippets we've seen, I was really impressed as Adrian was with, with Dundalk last weekend. Yes. And I, I have a feeling that, that a lot of these new players they brought in are going to add a serious amount, not just not just ability wise, but you okay. look at the size. You look at the size mm. and everything else. I I think I think Dundalk could could really threaten, and I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they reclaim the title this year. Okay, first. that's your view. And Adrian, over to you on Drahada to assess Drahada. Will they? I put that question to you. Have they enough to stay up? Uh, I think they do. Uh, I joined David in a, a little bit of. Uh, not concern, but I, I don't think David expressed concern. I mean, but I would have a little bit of concern around the age profile of some of the, the players okay. that they've brought in. I think the likes of, uh, you know, Gary Deegan, uh, Dane Massey and Danny Corcoran, they're in their 30s. They're the exact sort of player that, that Drogheda needed, yes. but they need them to stay fit. You yeah. know, they have to play it because they're what Drogheda really badly needed. If they can stay fit, I, I think that Drogheda will stay up. OK, LMFM Radio with Drogheda Dundalk all the way this evening. Live commentary from United Park. Uh, David Sheehan will be there and he will bring commentary uh, along with Paul Crowley. 5.45 kick-off live on lmfm.ie. And tomorrow evening, yes, Gary Rogers hangs up his gloves, but he's in the commentary position with Adrian Taff at the showgrounds in Sligo. That game kicks off, Adrian, what time? 
6 o'clock, I think. 6 o'clock tomorrow evening, live again on lmfm.ie. Good luck to you both. Good luck to both clubs for the season. We're looking forward to the action starting today and tomorrow. Thanks for joining me, boys. Thanks, Jerry. Thank Take care. Bye-bye. Friday afternoon, slightly earlier than normal, but he's wallowing in his glory. He has to be. If you were listening to us on Late Lunch on Monday, Leon Blanche did his preview of Cheltenham with me. And if you listen to his tips, you are in the clover. He's back today to look at the weekend sport. Leon, you're in demand. Welcome back. Uh, hey, Jerry. Yeah, look, come here. It's gone well, I suppose. Um, I really did think the Irish form going into this year's festival was going to be really strong. And it's proven to be that way. It's a remarkable achievement to get 17 so far out of 21 races, like 17 winners trained in Ireland. It really is sensational stuff. I mean, we do have a chance today. I mean, there's seven more races, but I can see Ireland getting up to 20 or 21 winners, which would be a record and would be an unbelievable achievement. So hopefully some of the LM FM listeners have put a couple of euro on and followed our tips because they'll be doing quite well, as you said. They will indeed, and uh, what an outcome it'll be for Irish racing and badly needed. Now, let's begin this afternoon with the Six Nations, the final series of games. Ireland finish off at home to the old enemy, England. Oh, what a game that would be if the ground was packed with fans, but not to be tomorrow. But what do you make of this one? There's a lot of talk again that for Ireland, this is a, a significant game. Well, I think it's a huge game because against Scotland we were we were good, and then we you know we kind of reverted back to old again about getting the ball and kicking it. I just you know it frustrates me, Jerry, like when I watch it because I do think we have um, the players to be able to, to to actually play a more open game of rugby, but unfortunately we don't do it. Look, it was a brilliant victory after conceding um, those late points against us, got a brilliant kick by, by Jonathan Sexton right out on the touchline. That's why he's one of the best number 10s in the world. And I think with him playing, it gives us a chance. However, I do think England stepped it up a notch against the French. And this is going to be, I think this is going to be a tough match. I'm looking for the lights. You know, I hope Jacob Stockdale has a big game, Jerry. I, I, I think he's got the world at his feet in terms of rugby. Um, I'm looking at Ireland. They're at home, but there's no crowd, as you rightly said. It is a pity, but it's going to be tough, Jerry. I just don't know whether we are good enough at the moment to beat them. I really don't. Um, it's going to be a physical encounter. Uh, we've got to stand up to them in that respect because they are a big, powerful pack. They're a strong unit. And hopefully, if we can bring our A game, I think we might just do it. But you know something? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just going to watch it and I'm going to hope for the best. I hope the boys in green can just get over the line. But it's going to be very, very difficult to do so. Let's hope so. Now let's move to soccer. Uh, the Premier League, a restricted programme this weekend because of FA Cup action. And of course, it's the final weekend before the week's international br- break. The pick of the games is certainly at the London Stadium. West Ham, who you've been talking about all year and waxing lyrical about the manager and the team taking on Arsenal I am an Arsenal fan as you know Leon and I just don't know what to make of them there's something amiss in that camp you see them last night in Europe against Olympiacos and they didn't show up No they didn't show up and they're probably lucky Jerry, that they got through in the end but they are into the quarterfinals which you know there's only eight teams left now we saw unfortunately what happened to Spurs getting knocked out last night but this is a this is a tricky game and 
I'm looking at Arsenal and you are right they are a bit like Jekyll and Hyde some weeks they come out and they're all guns blazing other weeks you're actually wondering what has gone wrong it'll be interesting to see uh, Mikel Arteta has kind of been chopping and changing from the Europa League back to the Premier League the one thing however you know what you're going to get from West Ham is they, they do play a very very high tempo game and Look, we have spoken about David Moyes. He's done a brilliant job. I think they're currently sitting in fifth place in the table. They're three points behind Chelsea with a game in hand. Now, this is obviously will be their game in hand because Chelsea will be playing in the FA Cup this weekend. So if West Ham were to beat Arsenal, they'd be level on points with Chelsea. And, I mean, you've just got to give credit to the signings, who they were brought in, the shape of the side. I think both teams here will score. Um, I think there will be goals in this game. But Jerry, unfortunately, I'm going to go for a West Ham victory. I just think with that Thursday night game, with Arsenal having, not to travel too far, of course, because it's a London derby, but I just feel West Ham will be that little bit fresher. And I think that might just be the difference of winning and losing. I'm sorry to say I go along with you on that one there, Leon. <laughs> but let's uh, we live in hope as Arsenal fans. Now, the new League of Ireland season is back. And for the first time in three seasons, both County Loud clubs are in the Premier Division. Drogheda coming up as champions of the first last year. And they've been given the honour of opening the league at this very evening with the first game against Waterford. 5.45 kick-off. And uh, we have, of course, live commentary on the match here on LMFM Radio. And we've just been talking about Dundalk and Drogheda's prospects a little while ago with Adrian and David. What do you make of uh, Drogheda to begin with, home to Waterford today? Yeah, look, I mean, it's great to have them both in. Um, great to see Drogheda back up in the Premier Division. And it is good for both of uh, sides to be playing at the top table. Um, you look at it and you say it's going to be a difficult campaign for Drogheda um, but Waterford it's not a bad opponent for your first game back in the Premier League and I think if you were looking at this game there was a way I was looking at it Jerry. Drogheda are the underdogs but if you go with Drogheda draw no bet I think that just gives you a little bit of insurance the first game of the season anything can happen I'd love to see Drogheda kick off with a win. I think it's going to be difficult, but I do like the look of draw how to draw no bet. It's around, it's a little shade of odds on, but I just think having that kind of insurance that if it finishes um, maybe one apiece or two apiece, you get your money back. And that's how I would look at Drogheda's first game back in the Premier Division against Waterford. Dundalk play tomorrow. They go west to Sligo Rovers who finished strongly last year and were a difficult opponent for Dundalk right through last season. Now the comings and goings at Oriel have been substantial in the close season, both on and off the park. What do you make? They were runners-up last year, cup winners, of course, had a great European campaign. Can they begin with a win away tomorrow? Yeah, you would just um, you would just worry, wouldn't you, in terms of seeing what is going on at Dundalk at the moment. Um, they do still have the players. I think last year they were kind of hit and miss. Um, but I think they will be a lot closer this season. And I think when they faced Shamrock Rovers kind of in the Cup and in the President's Cup, they have acquitted themselves tremendously well. They'll be looking at Sligo, even though it's a tricky opponent. You've got to be looking at these type of fixtures to try and gain maximum points. I do think when you look at, at the title, Shamrock Rovers, who of course have lost two massive players in Jack Bourne and Aaron McInef. Yes, they have brought in some signings, but I think when you look at those two players, if you take them out of Rovers or you took them out of any um, League of Ireland team, 
they would be far weaker. So I do think there is an opportunity for Dundalk to try and reclaim uh, the Premier Division title. The one side who I think might have gone under a little bit of the radar is St. Patrick's Athletic, of course, um, being managed now by the uh, ex-Dundalk player Stephen O'Donnell. And I really like what Stephen was doing last season. And I just think at odds of around 12 or 14 to 1, I think St. Pat's might be the dark horse in this year's competition. But I do think Dundalk, even with all the kind of trials and tribulations that we're hearing about, I I still feel they've got a good squad and I think they could beat Sligo to kick off their campaign with a victory. Leon, as usual, thank you so much for joining us on Late Lunch Friday. Great weekend sports starting early this evening with the Drogheda game to look forward to. And of course, the final day of Cheltenham ongoing as we speak. Until next week, Leon Blanche, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports. Thank you for joining me. All the best, Jerry. Yes, thank you, Leon, again. Now, your riddle today wasn't easy. A girl has as many brothers as sisters, but each brother has only half as many brothers as sisters. How many brothers and sisters are there in the family? There are four sisters and three brothers. And thank you to everybody who responded with various answers, but quite a number of people got that right. You're very clever late lunch listeners, you really are. Anyway, today's prize is going to Helen McCormick. Well done to you, Helen. Got it right. Four daughters and three. I, I'm not, I'm not, Louise. Louise is saying to me, I'm getting this in the head. Go on, explain it, explain it. You're some woman. That's how we differ, you see. Go on, you explain it. Go on, can you explain it? Can you explain it? Go on. No, I haven't a clue how it's done. I've been hearing me algebra and everything. I give the riddle. I read the answer. They make the answers out there and I give away the prize. Don't be asking me to do the riddle. I can barely read it. (laughs) It was a toughie. It was a toughie. Anyway, well done, Helen McCormick and everybody else who got it right. Coming up after news, weather and sport at three. Yes, we conclude the Amy Winehouse story with a fantastic song. And we talk then to Cathy Marr all about hay fever. Quite enough Saturday in the Premier League, but if you have the LMFM app or you click on the Listen tab on the LMFM website, you'll be able to tune in to Brighton against Newcastle tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Remember, Premier League live with now stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sports with a now Sports Extra membership. So the uh, soccer is there for you. kieran has been on to say... Uh, the interview with Kevin Myers, the most interesting I've heard in some time. Really enjoyed listening to him. He uh, always makes a lot of sense. John's been on from Beliver to say, it's a credit to you, Jerry, what you're doing for Slav. Uh, keep her going. Well done and best of luck. And another man I know well, I want to say hello to today, Coach Ray, Ray Torres from Team Gary. Yes, Ray has sent me a lovely video message encouraging me to go the whole hog to the 40 days. I will indeed, Ray. And guess what? Ray waited for David Carey this morning to see him, to give him a wee donation for Slav. Oh, Ray, you're oh, you're too kind. You really are. And I, thanks indeed for the encouragement. Lovely to hear from you, Ray. Wish you well this afternoon from everybody here in LMFM and late lunch. Bernadette and Cullen was in touch to say her hair is like Boris Johnson's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Bernadette. Well, sure, look it. We all have our troubles in life. And whoever sent us in the pictures of the redheads, you're gorgeous. Thanks indeed for doing that. Now, Amy Winehouse is my featured artist of the week. 
And today we uh, conclude her story. Yes, Amy's untimely death at 27 happened due to a combination of factors. Best summed up by Karen Heller, renowned features writer in the USA, who a few years before she passed away wrote, Only 24, six Grammy nominations, crashing headfirst into success and despair, a codependent husband in jail, exhibitionist parents with questionable judgment and the paparazzi endlessly documenting her emotional and physical distress. I think that just summed up the young girl's life. Yes, everything eventually became too much and the world lost an amazing talent on the 23rd of July 2011. During her short lifetime, Amy supported many charities and needy people. The Amy Winehouse Foundation was established after her passing to help and support young people with alcohol and drug addictions. A documentary about her life simply called Amy was highly acclaimed and successful. A biopic of her life remains in the pipeline and a musical is also pending. Oh God, that would be something else. But it's her words, songs and unique voice that will always live on. And today, we remind ourselves again of her versatility with this lively Get Up and Shake Your Booty classic. Amy Winehouse, my artist of the week. Wasn't she just brilliant? She just feel like getting up and dancing. When will we be able to go and shake our bottoms again? Hopefully it'll be soon. God, you just have to get up and dance when you hear that one. Anyway, we remember the late, great Amy Winehouse on Late Lunch this week. Well, album photo didn't do it. The Gold Cup's been won by Manila Endo. Manila Endo wins the Gold Cup, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. That's the latest just in from Presbury Park. So no go for Alboom this time round. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and I want to wish a very happy birthday this afternoon to a friend of ours, Joe Tierney. It's his, hap- it's his birthday today. It's Joe's birthday. He joined us on the show recently and that comes in from the Crocock family. Joe, they wish you a very, very happy day and we believe it's a big birthday, Joe. So let her rip within 5k and within the four walls and in your own place. You know what I'm talking about, Joe? Yes, of course. Have a happy, happy birthday. Now, the uh, weather is great. The flowers are starting to emerge all over the place and our trees are bursting forth. But for people who live with hay fever, it's a difficult time of the year. Up next, she has all the advice. Stay with us. Cathy Marr. The pollen count is rising. It may be early in the year, but hay fever is an issue. And joining us again this year to talk about it is from Haven Pharmacy in Delique, Cathy Maher. Hello again, Cathy. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. Will you tell our listeners first, say like somebody has hay fever and has had it for a number of years and knows all about it, fine. But if you haven't and you're feeling maybe you have issues, what are the key signs of hay fever? That's a really good point to start off with, Terry, because many hay fever sufferers get it year in, year out. But this year, a number, large number of people will experience it for the first time. And very often in the pharmacy, they'll come in to us and be wondering if they have a cold or nasal symptoms or rhinitis, what's the problem? So we talk through what symptoms they're experiencing. And the main differential between hay fever symptoms and maybe a cold or, God forbid, COVID symptoms is that hay fever symptoms last for weeks. They don't just come and go in a matter of one or two weeks. They do tend to last for a little bit longer. But symptoms that people would be watching out for would be sneezing, coughing, runny, blocked nose, or both runny and blocked. The eyes can be really itchy, red, watery. And the throat, the nose, the mouth, the palate of the mouth can be very itchy. 
And something to remember is a loss of smell can be a symptom of hay fever, and obviously that's also a symptom mm. of COVID that we're watching out for. So if anyone is in any doubt whatsoever, just pick up the phone and call their pharmacy. Don't come in to assure that it's nothing else, but actually just check through the symptoms. Um, headache, pain around the temples. There is never, ever a temperature with hay fever. So if you've experienced a temperature with some symptoms like that, we need to get it checked out further. Okay, good to hear all that. Now you've set the scene of what it can be and the uh, symptoms that arise. There is no cure for it. So talk to me first about things you can do to help ease those uh, symptoms. Well, as you said at the outset, it's a little bit early in the year for some because a lot of people experience their worst symptoms around mid-late mid, May into mm. June and July. That's when grass really, really pollinates. However, some people, a significant number of people, experience hay fever from now because right now all you can see as you look around, the buds are on the trees, the trees are beginning to pollinate now yes. and the ones that are the biggest culprits would be ash and birch and yew trees, elm trees. They're the biggest culprits for late March into April. Um, so they're the people that experience hay fever due to tree pollen. I'd recommend them now to start. We always class St. Patrick's Day nearly as the starting of the season to start with any preventative medicines that they use, such as steroid nasal spray. Because hay fever is an allergic reaction to pollen that comes as a fine powder from plants, trees and grasses, because that allergic reaction really causes a huge amount of inflammation, the steroid, the inhaled steroid in the nasal passages actually dampens down that inflammation. So it's really good to get ahead of it. So if anyone is out there thinking, God, yeah, it's a sunny week, the weather's been glorious this week, especially today, if they're thinking that they're beginning to feel a little bit hay fevery, I'd be saying start your preventative treatment now and keep it going right up until September because that's what we would class hay fever season from late March, early September. Is it too early to be talking about, we've spoken about it in the past, using the Vaseline or the wraparound sunglasses? Never. Absolutely not. There's lots of people can do and it depends depend on what pollen they're allergic to, depending if they're also an asthma sufferer, their symptoms may be worse. But there are things they can do to help prevent. It's all about trying to prevent the pollen landing on the skin, the eyes and the nasal passages. So Vaseline around the nostrils, wrap around sunglasses, particular filters in the car, um, particular filters in by, you know, with special pollen filters for the car, um, HEPA filters in your hoover, and then watching where you go and what you do in terms of lush grassland, maybe keeping the house and car windows closed during peak pollen times. If you're finding, I should say, it's a really lovely afternoon. The temperature is up a little bit compared to earlier in the week, so pollen will be rising. People will find themselves a little bit itchy in the eyes, sniffly in the nose, and that's where those symptoms can really help. If you don't, if you do suffer quite badly, don't go out that early morning or late afternoon because the heat rises, the pollen begins to rise first thing in the morning and as the heat cools in the evening times, the pollen's beginning to drop back down and that's when it'll land. Some other really helpful things, not to sleep with the bedroom window open, particularly as we enter the higher season towards April, May. Um, other things such as used tea bags in the fridge, Jerry, really good for making soothing compresses if the eyes are particularly puffy or swollen and keeping antihistamines handy. And we've really good news actually on the antihistamine front this year Every year we get asked, is there anything new that I can use to treat hay fever? Because everybody who's a, particularly an annual sufferer feels that they've gone through the full shelf in the pharmacy. It's just it's a really, really debilitating condition for some. But there's a new antihistamine this year that has been deregulated, so it's been switched from prescription-only status to pharmacy status, which now means people don't need a prescription to buy it. It's quite strong, it's quite potent, it does last for 24 hours. It's called Telfast. So 
people might be familiar with that if they've been prescribed by their doctor before. But as of maybe three weeks ago, that's not available without prescription. So that's really, really good news. It means that that's accessible and used in patients over 12 years. You take it once a day. It works within an hour and works for 24 hours. So again, their antihistamines are also fine to take on a long-term basis. So if someone knows that their hay fever is predictable and it starts whatever time of the year, end of March, into April, into May, start a week or two before you usually hit or if the weather peaks, and start your preventive treatment now. That's really, really important. That product is Telfast, is it? Telfast. Yes, yeah. so that's the product, folks, today, and it's a new one, and Cathy uh, uh, is really promoting it there and the uh, use of it, and it is really, really good. So it is available from your pharmacy. It goes without saying, isn't this a no-brainer? Fresh flowers, and people love to have cut flowers, fresh flowers, especially spring into early summer. There are no-no in the house if you have this. They really are, as is cutting the lawn. And, yes. you know, there's many the person goes out or is marched out into their garden to mow the lawn. We're really trying to do it when it's much cooler. Um, when there's damp, wet weather, obviously the pollen is flattened. But in those warm, humid, and particularly, you know, that summer breeze that we get, yes. that can really worsen hay fever. So if you can either outsource it or if you're going to do it, try and do it on a cooler day, a cooler part of the day, because as soon as the grass is mowed, that gives a fresh pollen release. Um, so it's really to try and avoid so it's to try and find works with, what works best windows closed if you can even laundry hanging laundry out in the line and those great Irish great days for drying yes. the pollen lands on clothes you bring those clothes back in yep. that can cause hay fever reaction in the house and if a patient has hay fever they're 33% more likely to have asthma or eczema those three conditions are atopic conditions and they're all linked together so you may precipitate an asthma attack by a particularly bad hay fever attack. So we just really need to make sure that you kind of stay on top of it and try and prevent rather than try and treat. Look, there's lots of advice in all you're after saying to us there. And again, just to finish off today, it's important to say Haven Pharmacy and Delic are there for you. And your local pharmacies round the northeast in Louth and Mead is a very good point of contact to give them a shout first. And if things get really bad, of course, the GP is the option beyond that. Absolutely. If there's any respiratory symptoms, so if there's anything that's resembling COVID at all, we would ask people to stay away from the pharmacy, to stay away from their GP and pick up the phone. And then we can triage on the phone and decide what the next step is. Be reassured that if it's anything to be worried about, we'll refer you further. But we can be satisfied if it's hay fever and then we can treat you accordingly. Cathy, brilliant as usual. Thank you so much indeed for that wonderful advice. And we will be talking again, I'm sure, over the course of the weeks and months ahead. Thank you, Cathy. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Cathy Marr there from Haven Pharmacy in Duleek. She's simply brilliant. Anyway, that's our lot on Late Lunch for another week. Big thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us every day. We love your company. Thanks to all our guests who've been with us during the week. To my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without the woman. Remember, she's D, I'm OC. <laughs> you learned that on the show yesterday. And that's just one of the little nuggets you'll pick up on us here each day on Late Lunch. Looking forward to a brand new week on Monday, 1.30 Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's raring to go next with The Drive. Fantastic music and much more besides. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. But until Monday, have a lovely weekend. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you then. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.